All right, welcome to another episode of Questions. My name is Nathan Elam. I'm going to be your host today, and I'm here with Pastor Joel. How's it going today? Great. Good, good. Glad to you hear it. You don't want to ask. You don't ever want to ask. No, I do want to ask. I'm glad you asked. I do want to ask. God bless you. Just not every single time. Okay. Uh, okay, great. So we have a question today from Michael, who wrote in, and uh, there's kind of a couple of different questions here, so I'm going to read them all, but uh, the overarching question is about children. Mm. So, how do we resolve the tension that seems to exist between God's sovereign election and a parent's duty to train up their child in the way they should go? Is the kid's sal- It's going on. It's continuing. It's a, a good one. <laughs> Is the child's salvation the product of godly parenting? And if not, does our parenting even matter? Hmm. What do you think? Yeah, that's a good question. Obviously, our parenting matters. Um, but I understand Michael's sentiment. He's just, what does it matter in terms of the likelihood of God saving our kids? And so, mm-hmm. does it matter in those terms? Um, salvation belongs to the Lord. Salvation is not the product of parenting. Uh, but I, I do think there's a problem for the Calvinist. I mean, that's really where this question comes from. This question comes from the person who um, understands the rich doctrine of the sovereignty of God. They understand that salvation belongs to the Lord. They understand that Romans chapter 9, God hardens whom he hardens. He has you know mercy on whom he will have mercy. Uh, that God saves according to his unconditional election. Before the foundations of the world were laid, according to his foreknowledge, God chose who he would save and who he wouldn't according to no other condition um, but his own good pleasure. And with that bedrock, that framework, backdrop, if you will, of the sovereignty of God in salvation, then what is what is parenting? And really, it's a broader question. We're just applying it to parenting. Um, but it really, the question is, you know, what is man's responsibility in light of the sovereignty of God? Um because you could say, what's the purpose of prayer? You could say, what's the mm-hmm. purpose of evangelism? Mm-hmm. You could mm-hmm. say, you know, what's the purpose of any of these things? And and so Michael is just, he's just kind of emphasizing, you know, parenting as it pertains to parenting. But the broader question is, uh, what is the purpose of man's obedience as it regards salvation uh, if God sovereignly saves mm-hmm. without conditions? If God does not require our obedience in order to save those whom he wills to save? And so... All that being said, I, I think the answer to the question is an understanding of God's predestinated ends and his predestinated means. I think that the Calvinists too often, um, I don't think it's intentional necessarily, but I think we too often separate the means by which God accomplishes his will, mm-hmm. his sovereign will. And so let, let's look at a couple verses here. Um, this is Ephesians chapter six, uh, starting in verse one. We'll look at verse one through four. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. And fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And so the Bible talks about the child's obligation to obey their parents, uh, the parents' obligation, particularly fathers, um, to train their children. Uh, right there we find 
uh, discipline and instruction. It's teaching. It is the father's duty, first and foremost, in the home to teach his children. Now, he may he may outsource um, this responsibility to those who are qualified. Uh, he may train and teach and disciple his wife, the mother of his children, and she may be the one on a daily basis who is... Mm-hmm predominantly more, more often in the home, actually doing homeschooling, or he may um, outsource this responsibility by working extra hard, making more money for the family and um, paying the tuition to put his children in a Christian school. Uh, so whether it's uh, working hard so that mom can be at home full time and resourcing her to do homeschool with the children or working hard uh, to take extra money to put the kids in um, a private Christian school, uh, whatever that is, it still falls on the father. The father is the teacher. That's his responsibility. So what is a father's teaching? What are, what are the parents' parenting? Um, what do they produce? What, what, what good comes out of it? What benefit do the children gain, if not salvation? Well, I would say that, that what they gain is salvation. Um, and I know that sounds like, what? You can't say that. Um, but again, I think the hangup is we just we divorce God's means from his end. So the prayer, I'll just, maybe I'll do this. It's a bit interesting, but I will just share with you the prayer that I pray over my children every single night. So I always pray for my children. I say, uh, my oldest, we'll, we'll go with her, Olive. I say, Father God, thank you for Olive. Thank you for her life and health and happiness. We thank you for your common grace. Uh, we thank you for creating her. We thank you that you say in the Psalms that you have compassion on all who you have made. You made my daughter. And therefore, you have compassion on her. And in your common grace and kindness, uh, you are continually sustaining her through your continual protection and provision. I thank you for that common grace. And we petition and pray that it would continue, that she would live a long life here on the earth. But in addition to your common grace, Father, I ask for your special grace, your saving grace. Uh, And Father, I, I trust that it is not a matter of if, but simply a matter of when. Um, I trust that you have ordained before the foundations of the earth to save each of my children, including Olive. And so my prayer is simply this. I pray that you would save her at a young age. I pray that you would save her at a young age, thereby sparing her a life of sin and the sorrow that comes by it, and ultimately sparing her your just and eternal wrath, not only for sin, but for sinners. I pray that you would, by the power of your spirit, gift her with a new heart in her early years and granting to her the gifts of faith and repentance that she would turn from her sin and that she would turn in knowledge, assent, and implicit personal trust to the person of Jesus and his finished work on her behalf. I pray that you would do all these things for your glory, for her joy, and for my good. We ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. That's almost verbatim the same prayer that I pray for my daughters every single night as I'm putting them to bed. And what I want to draw out of that is I do not pray in a framework of if when it comes to the salvation of my children. I believe with every bone in my body and every fiber of my soul that my children are elect. And you might say, but you can't do that because you're a Calvinist and you're a Baptist. Sounds like you need to be a Presbyterian, brother. Um, maybe. 
but I don't think so. I believe my children are elect because I recognize both in Scripture, first and foremost, and in the last 2,000 years of church history, that what God does in terms of everything, everything that God accomplishes here on earth according to his sovereign will, especially those eternal things, those matters of salvation, who he saves and who he doesn't, he always does it. He is pleased to do it in accordance with his ordinary means of grace. So the idea of God hardening one and and having mercy on another, the, the idea of God electing one to salvation, one to glory, and another to damnation, that these were speaking of God's ends in his sovereign, his sovereign ends. But how, what are his means? How does he save one and harden another? Well, in terms of salvation, in accordance with your question, Michael, uh, well, the way that God saves his means of salvation is the ordinary means of grace. It's the word preached. It's the word prayed. It's the word sang. It's the word seen in the sacraments, the Lord's Supper and baptism, all of that on the Lord's Day and Monday through Saturday. It's godly Christian parents teaching their kids, not sending them to public school, training them up in the fear and admonition of the Lord, family worship every evening, reading the Bible, praying over their children every single night. This is how God saves. Now you might say, well, that sounds a lot like you're saying that salvation is therefore the product of good parenting. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm not. What I'm saying to be fair is salvation is it is belongs exclusively to the Lord alone, but the Lord is pleased to save through the means which he has ordained, which is Christian parents and Christian churches. If you want your kids to be saved, be a Christian parent and go to a Christian church. Mm -hmm. God never saves apart from his sovereign means. Mm -hmm. You look at the last 2,000 years of church history, how do people get saved? You, I mean, you just look at statistics. Like, how do people get saved? Typically, Christians come from a Christian family. And if not, they, they, they at some point, were invited by someone into a Christian church to sit underneath the preached word. Mm -hmm. So if our children on Sunday, on the Lord's Day, are under the preached word... And Monday through Saturday are under the preached word, preached in the home and preached in the church, preached by the pastor of the church and then preached by the pastor of their family, namely their father. Well, then what, what I'm going to say is not that, that that guarantees me or merits. It's not that like through my diligence, I God is now obligated. I've, I've somehow worked the God of the universe into my back pocket. I've worked God into my debt. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying rather is not through my faithfulness in parenting and bringing my children to church, God now owes me the salvation of my children. No, what I'm saying is that everything that happens, that occurs, is ordained by God. And so if I am faithfully doing these things, that means that my faithfulness was something that God predestined before the foundations of the earth. Mm -hmm. God is predestined if I am faithfully parenting my children and taking them to a faithful Bible-preaching church, God ordained that. And then the only question left is, and why does God ordain that? Why would God ordain good Christian parenting and good Christian churches for a child mm -hmm. to save them? Mm -hmm. 
So I, I always, another thing I always say in our family worship with our kids, I always pray. And as I, I say, uh, God, the reason we believe it's not a matter of if, but simply a matter of when in regards to the salvation of our children, the reason we believe that our children are in fact elect, not yet converted, but elect. And it's just a matter of time. The reason we believe that is because if you didn't ordain to save our children, you could have given them to my pagan neighbor next door. Mm-hmm. Right? Why not do that? No, but he gave them to me. Why? Why give these three children, Olive and Ruth and little Eleanor and, and mommy's tummy, Ellie in the belly, <laughs> um, why give these three little girls to me and my wife? Because he wants to save them. Mm-hmm. I believe that. Mm-hmm. It's like, but but there aren't there children of believers who go apostate and who grow up and sure. But that's not that's that's not what we focus on. That's not what we believe. Mm-hmm. We know that that can happen, but first and foremost, what we want to believe is that God is a covenant keeping God, and that God loves to save, and He loves to save by the means of Christian parenting and Christian churches. So you be a solid Christian parent and bring your children to a solid Christian church. You're going to a seeker-friendly church that doesn't faithfully preach the Bible? Get out of there. Why? Because if you go to a better church, then God will owe you the salvation of your kids? No. But because the way that God saves people and little people, children, is through good preaching. Mm-hmm. That's We can't divorce. And I just, I get sick of that. I hear... I hear Baptists, or I, or I hear my Presbyterian friends picking on a Baptist, but they're they're divorcing God's predestinated means from His predestinated end. Yes, God alone is sovereign; He gets to choose based on no conditions. He gets to choose who He saves and who He doesn't. Mm-hmm. But the fact that God has the fact that election is unconditional this is the problem. We we recognize as good Calvinists that that election is unconditional. But we forget that the means by which God saves do have conditions. God has conditions for his means. The word preached, the word prayed, the word sung, the word seen in the church and all those same things in the home, except for maybe the sacraments. And so all of that is the means by which God saves. It is the means by which God saves. And so although God chooses who he's going to save unconditionally, the way he brings about that salvation is through his sovereign means. And he has told us precisely in his word what those means are. So let's saturate our homes. Let's saturate our parenting. Let's saturate our churches with those means. But if you're sending your kids to public school, you're not doing family worship in the evening, and you go to a good Bible preaching church, but your kids go to a children's ministry on Sunday morning and never actually sit under the preached word, and they're just coloring pictures of Jesus all the way until they're 18 years old, then you should count on your kids going to hell. You should count on it. Because God doesn't save or damn ordinarily apart from his means. So deprive your kids of God's sovereign means of salvation and expect them to be damned saturate your children, both in the home and the church, with the means of God's salvation, and you should expect them to be saved. Mm -hmm. And you can pray like I do, that it's not a matter of if, but merely a matter of when. God, I trust my children are elect. I'm not going to beg and grovel and plead. 
I know that you delight to save the children of believers. I know that you are a covenant-keeping God, and I know that this is your very means that you designated before the foundations of the earth to be pleased by which you save sinners. And I am saturating my home, and I'm saturating my children on the Lord's day by selecting a good biblical church with these means. And therefore, I trust it is not if, only when. My children are not yet converted, but they are in fact elect. That's what I believe. That's what I'm counting on. I, I think that's 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 the way you do it. So, so yeah, do we merit God's salvation of our children by our good parenting? Do we earn it? No. But does God save our children through good parenting? Yes, mm-hmm. he does. So I think just separating, we got to dis- get the distinction between conditions and means. God is sovereign over salvation. He administers it to whoever he wills. He makes that choice unconditionally before the foundations of the earth were laid. But but even though he chooses people for salvation unconditionally, he does not administer that salvation without specific means. So let's make our homes rich with those means, Mm -hmm. trusting that if we do not, we will earn the salvation of our kids, but trusting that if we are saturating our homes with the ordinary means of grace, then we can trust that the reason why that is happening is precisely because God ordained it. Mm-hmm. And if he's ordained us to do these means, we're doing the means, we're doing them faithfully, and we wouldn't be doing it if God didn't ordain it according to his sovereign will. So if God is doing this through us and ordained this, we can then trust he's doing this because he's also ordained that, namely conversion, salvation. So if we're faithfully saturating our children with the means of grace, it is only because God has ordained it. And if he's ordained this, I think we should expect, not hope, right? We'll hope in terms of Christian hope, but not that wishy-washy, you know, when you wish upon a star, not that kind of weak, I hope, not that kind of hope, no, but Christian expectation, anticipation, confident hope. If we're saturating our home with the means of grace, We only would be doing that if God ordained it. And therefore, we should have confident expectation that he's ordained us to be faithful in administering the means of grace to our children because he has ordained the actual salvation of our children. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Pastor Joel, for that answer, Michael. We hope that that serves you well. And anybody else who was listening, we hope that it also serves you. Uh, both in your prayers for your children. Joel, thank you for that personal example uh, that you shared, and I I, I think that will serve people well. Uh, Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Questions. Hit the subscribe button on YouTube, hit the like button on Facebook, and we look forward to seeing you next time. As a special thank you for your gift of any amount, we'll be happy to send you a free digital book from our store. To access this offer, visit rightresponseministries.com slash offer. We highly recommend Pastor Joel's book, Am I Truly Saved? If you or someone you know has wrestled with doubts about the love of God, this would be a great resource. As a reminder, to get this offer, go to rightresponseministries.com offer. And thank you for your generous support.